HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello from the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. I'm Annalena with the Good Food Awards, and I am here with Sarah Wiener, our founder and director, and we are also here with Salami Bedou. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Mark Sanfilippo, and I'm with Salami Bedou out of St. Louis, Missouri. Awesome. So um, what led you to be at the Good Food Mercantile today? I heard about it several years ago. I entered one of my COPAs maybe seven years ago. I just thought it was really cool and I kind of kept it on my radar and haven't entered anything else and just kept hearing about it. And um, yeah, just entered again because I just, I like the, I like the idea and I like, I like the whole conceit of the awards in comparison to other awards type things. It fits more with my philosophy of what we're producing. She did not, but she did come see me once she found out I was a finalist. Okay, that's more appropriate. Yes. And, yeah, I fed her some salami, and we sat down and talked about you and salami. So, <laughs> typical proud mom stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, Salami Bedou is an interesting name. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's, it's Sicilian. I'm half Sicilian, half German. And uh, salumi bedu means beautiful cured meats. And bedu is a, it's a, it's a Sicilian word for bello, which means beautiful. So instead of like, you know, mangia be, bello, I say mangia bedu, which means like good eats, basically. Hmm, that is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so how did you come to this idea of creating a salami production in St. Louis, Missouri? It's sort of a long-winded story, but I'll, I'll try to shorten it. Um, it starts with obsession. Um, I love cured meats. And I was working for Nancy Silverton in Los Angeles at uh, Pizzeria Moza, Osteria Moza. And they did a lot of the curing in-house. And I was sort of worked my way up through that. But the interesting thing was all of the pork was coming from St. Louis and from Missouri. So they're shipping all this pork from Missouri to L.A. because it's the best in the country. I'm from St. Louis, so I was like, you know, I should go back there and try to do something with the pork in my home state. And so that was kind of the, the seed of it. And I started going to farmer's markets. You know, I was initially making stuff in my basement and, you know, whatever. Uh, the USA didn't hear that. <laughs> and eventually got into a brick and mortar and just this last year got into a, a larger facility, which your mom came to. So 
Amazing. <laughs> She's your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, so basically that's where the pork is. Missouri's got some of the best pork in the country. And the Midwest in general does. So I just wanted to do something with it. You know. Very cool. That's awesome. So um, for 2018, since we're in this new year, what are kind of your hopes and dreams both for your company and also for the charcuterie industry at large? Um, for my company, I really want to expand the line. We do a lot of things like Culatello and Copa that I'd like to get into larger production just because I, I really love them and I can be a little bit more specialized. I really want to start a program where I have individual farms represented, almost like, you know, coffee where they do like direct from this farm. I want to do the same thing with charcuterie, with salumi. Um, for the business at large, I think it's I think it's on the right track. There's just more and more people doing it in a nice in a good way, you know, taking care, finding the proper, you know, properly raised pigs and you know, treating the product with the respect it deserves instead of like just a commodity, you know, hot dog or bologna kind of a thing. So you just see more and more people trying to elevate it. And I think that's great. Wonderful. Um, and since you are working closely, it sounds like with farmers, our fabulous farmers in Missouri and ranchers. Absolutely. <laughs> do you get to go visit the farms and connect with them? I've, do I've done a lot of that. Um, and I can say without a doubt, I don't want to be a farmer. Mm. But I really appreciate what they do. You know, it's, it's, it's just they're specialists in their field, you know, and they know how to raise pigs. And I love talking to them about feed and how it affects the pigs and just the conditions and, and all of that stuff, quite, quite aside from, like, the feel-good factor, really makes a difference in the end product. So it just makes sense all around, I think, to treat them well and feed them well and be conscious about how they're being raised. And, I mean, St. Louis might be more well-known in Missouri for Monsanto than um, <laughs> <laughs> sustainable, yeah. amazing pigs. Yeah. How, what's changed? Or how, how has it come about that there are these amazing, best-in-the-country pork farmers in Missouri? I, I think that's... When I, when I came back from L.A. and I started talking to farmers, I think, I think the thing is a lot of them never stopped doing it the right way. They're just too small, really, to step up and, and compete with the Tysons of the world. And so they've been raising pigs the same way for three or four generations. And it's just, it's just a more old-school way to do it. Like, they don't have, you know, concrete pins, and they don't have antibiotic programs and stuff like that. And they're raising heritage pigs because they never got into the market of commodity pigs because that's it's a huge step up. And so there's, like, these little guys... I think it's kind of cool because now they're getting, they're going to get paid for it, you know, because now that's not like, they're not competing with Tyson. They're competing with other niche, uh, you know, pig producers. Hallelujah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good deal for everybody. <laughs> yes. I've got good pork and they get the price they should get, you know. That's wonderful. And is um, St. Louis hungry for this kind of amazing charcuterie with good pigs? Yeah, they've been super receptive, you know. Um, I didn't know what it was going to be like going in, coming from L.A. and going back to St. Louis. But, I mean, as soon as I set up the market, people were asking me about guanciale and lardo and stuff that I was, I was kind of blown away. I just didn't know. Because when I, I had left St. Louis 10 or 15 years earlier, and it was, it was a different scene. So, 
That is great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the themes that came up in the Good Food Awards last night um, and in Sarah's closing remarks is, you know, the the idea that this type of food or food that's, you know, carefully grown and made and produced is for very wealthy people only um, and that it's sort of a, a very niche pocket of the population that, that producers, like all of the folks showing here at the Mercantile, serve. What's kind of your thought process around that or your response? Well, I do think about it and I... I don't want to make a product that is just for people who have, you know, vast amounts of disposable income. But I, I think about it in terms of myself. Like when I was in college or before when I didn't have any money, I would save what little money I had. I'd rather buy something, a little of something good than a lot of something really mediocre or subpar. And I think my product still fits in that in that that realm right um and so i see that in my the sort of breakdown of my consumers like there's a lot of people that are like me 10 years ago they just they'd rather spend what paycheck they have on decent food and not you know junk and so that makes me happy here here i am all about (laughs) (laughs) buy less buy better yeah Um. you hear so many people like it drives me nuts when I ask people about a restaurant and they're like, it was okay, but you get a ton of food. I'm like, then that's not a good value. It's still not a good value. Because right. you don't want to eat that way. <laughs> I don't care how much of it is of it there is. If it's not good, I don't want it. Totally. And I'm just remembering Sarah's speech last night and talking about, you know, if, if, it's, if it doesn't really have value, then you're just going to throw it away or like that box of leftovers is going to sit in your fridge and rot instead of be used and eaten. So yeah, yeah, it does become sort of a waste cycle in that way. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's end on a high note. What's the most delicious thing you've eaten today? Um, other than your own product, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I green dirt farm. I don't know the name of the cheese, but it was spectacular. Is that another Missourian? It happens to be. Uh, Missouri pride. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> I love that. And it's sheep's milk. It's fantastic. Great. I second that. You can even get um, some of their cheeses in San Francisco at Byright. And, you know, there's oh, no really? dearth of great cheeses here in California, huh. but they're bringing it in because it's... That's pretty awesome. Super, super yeah, good. It's yummy. Yeah. yeah. And where can people buy your salami? Um, it's at Italy in Chicago and Boston. It's in, you know, a few markets in and around the country. It's at a few restaurants on the West Coast. Um, so we're currently looking for distribution on the West Coast if anyone is interested. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. A plug. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.